Hallelujah. Glory to God. We thank you this morning. God's good. God's good. We'll continue now. We're in the chapter 9 of our Walking the Gravel Road to Heaven. And um, today we're going to talk about finding peace. Finding peace. And uh, so let's just pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you so much, you're precious, and we thank you that you are our Prince of Peace. Lord, and that there is a peace of God that passes understanding. Let us hear what you would say to us today, God, and apply these things. Lord, that we can live a life free of fear and doubt and hopelessness. And Lord, have the peace that you give us. Lord, we love you and thank you. We ask it in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen. Give him one more hand clap of praise today. God's good thankful for his peace and his comfort today you can be seated god bless you in jesus name so finding peace the little subtitle of this chapter is encountering christ in a crisis and that's uh in a crisis and when we have chaos in our life that, the moment when we realize that the Lord and life circumstances, and I say the Lord because he orders our steps, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. See, that's a shepherd leading a sheep. And even though uh, I am led in places where things can go uh, wrong in my mind or what I consider to be wrong or can be a crisis or be chaotic or, you know, when it is, uh, when these things happen and they've, when walking and following God and then the circumstances that come with life, when it puts you in a position where you are absolutely not in control, where you have no out, you have no option. Well, if there's ever been a time or a need for peace, then it would be those times. That's when we need peace. And that is when peace is most realized. I mean, you think about you recognize light more when it's dark. That's when it's the brightest. That's when it's the most notable. You can be standing out in a, a dark field. I've done this before when we were, would be hunting and hunting with somebody. You come out and you're standing on the tree line waiting for the guy you were hunting with. And it's pitch black dark. And all of a sudden you see a, a light from his flashlight and if it was 12 noon I would never see that light I don't need to see it then it's light everywhere but in that darkness that light shines the brightest it's, it's when you are in pain that you learn to appreciate comfort and that you recognize comfort there's nothing worse than being in an amount of pain and uh, but then you go maybe to the doctor and they give you something and in just a few moments that pain subsides or or if you ever had neck pain or back pain, you go to that chiropractor and after a few good cracks, you're like, oh, that's what I'm talking about. You know, you, just, you learn to appreciate that movement. Of, it's that opposite of things. And that's when um, in the middle of a crisis or uh, a time of need, uh, the chaos, as I said, that, that's when peace is the most needed. But that is also the time that it is most noticed. When all of a sudden, I realize I'm not losing my mind. It doesn't mean I'm not, don't have, I'm not concerned. 
It doesn't mean that I, I don't care about what's happening. It doesn't mean I'm, I could even be grieving. But for some reason, I'm not falling apart. My world is not over because there is a peace that God gives that when things are out of our control, it will keep us because we realize he's never out of control. I've said it often that if it's out of our hands, but it's never out of his hands, always he has an answer for us. And so, uh, you know, uh, one of the biggest fears of my life when that I had was I was terrified of, to fly. I'm not talking about uh, I was a little uncomfortable with it. I was terrified to the point that I wouldn't get on a plane. I didn't, I didn't want to do it. I was like, and my reason was because I had no control. I said, if this plane goes down, all I, ha- I, don't, all I get to do is ride it out. There's, there's no, I got no brakes, I got no controller, I got nothing to do, I, I can't fix it. I, you know, I'm going to be, for however long it takes for this plane to hit, I have to run through my mind my entire life, what's going to happen now, what's going to happen to my children, what would happen to my family, what would, how would they deal with the loss of, of me in their life, and, and why didn't I get this took care of before I got on this plane? I mean, it was, it's, it's out of my control. And my wife will tell you that it, I was just terrified of it. It might have been just, you know, watching movies where airplane crashes, and I was thinking, that is a horrible way to go. Now, some of you have been on planes that had to make emergency landings. I know Sister Patty and Brother Brian not too long ago, and that's a strange feeling when, oh, I always heard about this. Never knew I'd be on a plane where they said, oh, we're going to make an emergency landing. And you're wondering, is this going to turn out okay? We'll just wait and see because I have no control over this. When we were going to fly to Israel back over it's been over 15 years now and uh i had always wanted to go i could i was so excited when they were talking about okay we're going to go the tickets are booked and then immediately after that inside of me that fear was tearing me up and i mean it was getting closer we were just a few days from leaving and my wife and i were uh we were uh, lying in bed we were talking and, I mean, I was laying there with just tears rolling out of both my eyes just down my face because I was petrified, terrified uh, because our kids were small. I thought we're going to be across, you know, the, the, across the pond. We're going to be on the other side of the world away from our kids. We have, it's not like you can turn around and get back if something happened to them. And, you know, and what if something happened to us, you know, I knew we had people that loved our kids and take care of our kids, but I didn't want my kids to grow up without me. And I, so, you know, all this stuff, man. And I was like, and we're flying across the ocean. I mean, what are you going to do, man? If you, even if you land and you're okay for a moment, it's, that's like water where Titanic went down. That's like, I don't want to freeze in the water. I don't want sharks to eat me. I don't want to, I mean, I'm telling you, this is how it's just, and I'm, I lay in that bed that night, and, and my desire to go to Israel was so strong. But that fear, I, I remember, I told the Lord, I said, if, if this fear does not subside, if you do not help me with this, I will not be going to Israel. 
there's no way I will back out tomorrow. That'll be the end of it, and I'll just miss it. But I, I knew, I said, that's, mm-mm, I'm not doing it. I'm not getting on a plane for 12 or 13 hours where I can't do anything about it. And so I went to sleep like that. But when I woke up the next morning, there's no way in the world for me to, to make you understand except to say that when I thought, I woke up and I thought about that plane ride, and there was not one ounce of fear. I, all of a sudden, it's like I just had peace. And I said, it's going to be all right. It's going to be okay. And I wasn't worried. I mean, I, I stayed awake, I think, the entire flight. I was watching, mostly watching that little plane move across the screen, trying, waiting to see land on this side of the screen. But um, I was so glad when I saw that little, oh, we're getting close to land. But, you know, but what was great was like in the middle of that flight, at a certain time, we were on a, an Israeli airline that all the, the Jewish men stood up, put their shawls on, got their little books out. There they went. Boy, they went to pray. And I thought, go on, brothers, go on. I said, this plane ain't going nowhere but to Israel. I said, we're going to be all right. But, oh, when... It's in those times, though, when that fear like that, when things are out of your control, that's when, if you're not careful, panic can replace peace. And that's what had happened, is that I trusted God. Man, I was living for the Lord. I mean, I trusted God. I had preached about trust and peace, and God can handle anything, and I was terrified to get on a plane. And because panic in that situation had replaced any peace I had, I, I just... You know, I didn't know what to do, but then I asked God for that. Lord, I, I've got to have peace over this. And not one time while we flew there or back or while we were there, I was never worried, concerned, thought that anything would happen to us. God had given me peace that it surpassed my understanding. I was just thankful for it because it was definitely the trip of a lifetime. and We saw some great miracles and, and things happen, and I'm so glad we got to go. But if we're not careful, panic in place of peace, can rob us of things God wants us to see and God wants us to do. And so there are some things that we have to hold on to in these, in these times. Isaiah 26, one of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 26, 3 and 4, said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. All right. Where does your mind stay? Stay. Your mind should stay on the Lord. It shouldn't move when the, when the situation changes. No matter what comes your way, your mind should stay on the Lord. Because when it stays on Him, it didn't say that the storm wouldn't come, that you wouldn't get that phone call, that this disaster wouldn't happen. But when your mind stays on him, you realize that there's going to be a way out. I'm going to survive this. God's going to make it all right. All things work together for my good because I love the Lord. When your mind is stayed on him, he will keep you in perfect peace because you trust in him. Because you're trusting him. And then uh, he says in verse 4, trust ye in the Lord forever. There will never be a time in your walk with God that you lay down that trust. It's not just, um, it's so vital to your survival to trust God. 
because in the Lord, Jehovah is everlasting strength. That means you'll always have the strength, the stamina, the ability. You may feel like I'm about to go down, but you're stronger than you know because your trust is in God. And so when we find our ourselves in a place of chaos and crisis and all of a sudden we're just doing what we know we're supposed to be doing even though the whirlwind is all around us, it's because we have trusted in him and our strength is in him. And, and uh, I know we think, oh, I'm, I just don't do good enough or I'm not doing enough or I'm really messing this up. But when you stand in the middle of that trial, sometimes that's, all you do, you just stand there for in that trial and, and you let God do what he's got to do and you just trust God because your mind is on him. Not just, oh, there's a God in heaven. I mean, your mind is on him and who he is and what he has done and what he can do and who you are to him and who he is to you. Your mind is stayed on the Lord. And so you trust him forever. I don't take a day off. I, I trust God. And, and when things are out of my hand, it's never out of his hand. When uh, David was at, uh, somebody mentioned this in their preaching the other day, that uh, when David and his army came back to Ziklag, they went out to fight, didn't even get to fight. They came home and, and saw that the enemy had come and took all their wives and children, their possessions, and burned Ziklag to the ground. And, and uh they, they wept and they cried and there was, you know, this is, we weren't here, so this happened. It's out of our control and, and now uh, what do we do? So they cried until they couldn't cry anymore. And then David got the ephod and he began to seek the Lord. He said, uh, and he said he encouraged himself in the Lord. He got his mind back on God. He started remembering all the times that God had delivered, all the times that God had come through, all the promises that God had made. And he encouraged himself in the Lord. And then he, he said, now we, we need a course of action. Shall I pursue? Yes, pursue. Will we recover? You will recover it all. And they did. But David, in the midst of that weeping and that crying and that, oh, what do we do now? And, and even fear for his life maybe because they wanted to stone David because of what had happened uh, but instead they they were able to calm themselves and find a peace and realize that God will give us back what was lost and they, they went and pursued overtook and they got it all back and so that peace is so uh, vital in, to us in this walk with God we must have peace with God while we're walking with God and and don't ever 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 think that because you have peace in God, that you don't have trouble in the world. Trouble in the world does not mean the absence of the peace of God. Uh, like I said, that's when peace is so much more recognizable. Because all of a sudden, like I said, you realize I'm standing. I'm not running everywhere. I'm not giving up. I'm not turning back. I'm not walking away, but I'm still going. Yes, I am crying. My heart is broken. Hey, you know you can still have the peace of God with a broken heart? Yeah, because there's promises concerning things that break your heart. The Bible says that the Lord will bind up the brokenhearted. You know, so there's, that's his word. And when your mind stays on God, you remember that word. And so, yes, my heart is broke right now, but I have hope 
And that hope brings me peace because I know that God knows me. He knows the way that I take. And, and when he's tried me, I'll come forth as gold. I, I may not see what's going on now, but I still have peace. Job had a peace uh, in his life. Was he sad that his children and possessions had all been wiped out? Sure, he was sad. He was grieving. And he was uh, sitting in ashes and shaved his head. But he said, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He knew that, uh, that God was in this. And if God's in it, I can hold on to my integrity and I can still go. There's a pe- hey, peace and strength go together. He'll keep you in perfect peace if your mind stayed on him. For in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. There is strength in peace. And when you have peace, that's how you just keep going on. Guess what? It might not be any better tomorrow, but you're still going. It might not be better a year later, but you're still going because you have a peace of God. And and his peace doesn't mean you know when he's going to work it out. You just know he will work it out. And that's, that's where our, our trust in the Lord forever. You've got to trust in him that it'll be in his time and that'll be perfect. It'll be exactly what you need. So we, we sing about peace. We preach about peace. But we often lack peace. But it was true uh, for the, the people in Scripture. They were the same way. Uh, that, uh, that Even though they walked with him, they still lacked peace. They get in a boat because the Lord said, let us go over to the other side. And while Jesus is taking a nap, a big storm arises. The boat is filled with water, the scripture says. And they finally go down there and wake him up and say, do you not care that we are about to perish? Does it not bother you that you called us into this boat, told us to go to the other side? That's the first key. They should have listened to what he said. He never says anything that doesn't come to pass. And so, but instead they were like, the absence of peace had caused panic. And it caused them to question the Lord. And that's what happens with us is if panic takes the place of peace, we start questioning God. Well, do you even really love me? Did you call me? Did you actually say that? Are you real at all? That's, you know, we start wondering, uh, am I making a mistake by, by going, you know, why, why do I keep going to church? Why do I keep doing all these things? Because uh, terrible things keep happening. Guess what? Terrible things happen. You know, rain falls on the just and it falls on the unjust. And, and time and chance happens to us all. It's coming our way. Even uh, Job said, he said, you know, are we going to receive good at the hand of the Lord and then not receive evil? He didn't mean evil from the Lord. The Lord doesn't tempt us with evil. But uh, evil things still happen in our life. You're not going to just get good things from God and then other things are not going to happen. It's going to happen. But peace will keep you walking the road. Peace will keep you going on. And, and so when uh, we find things that are out of our control, I, my mind, uh, while I was studying this, it, of course it came to, uh, to Brother Josh and, and his situation. And many times that I've talked with Sister Jenny when the doctor had told them this diagnosis and this diagnosis, and, and she was just you know beside herself. She's a mom. This is her child, and, and it's out of my hands, and I can't do anything. And I would just start reminding her of what the Lord said and what the Lord can do and what the Lord had done. And before we would get off the phone, she'd be laughing a little bit. And we'd be talking in a peace. 
had come over her. No, nothing had changed about the situation except her realization that God was able to do. And sometimes that's all that changes in the situation for a while is our realization of what God can actually do. And that's where we find that peace. You know, so they, the disciples walked with him, right? saw him, you know, sit down and walked with him in the flesh on this earth, close to him, those 12 men in that boat. Don't you care? You called us from all walks of life and did all these things, and now we're about to drown. Really? Is that what you think is going to happen? Yeah, we think that's going to happen because we're panicking. And so the Lord gets up, walks out and says, peace be still. Peace be still. And everything stops. You see, and you realize that peace calms the storm. There's never, I've preached this before, but when the storm meets the word, the word always wins. When whatever storm you're going through comes up against what's in that book, the book always wins. The Word of God always wins. And that's why it's so important for us to get that Word in our hearts and in our minds. And, and that's why we must, that's how you, your mind is stayed on Him. It's when you know this Word. Your mind is on Him and what He can do and what He said He would do on His promises. And our mind must stay on the Lord. He's our help, our provider. He's our way maker. He's our keeper. He's our shelter. Whatever you want to call Him. But that's what He is. And your mind must stay on that. That he has not left you or forsaken you. In Psalm 119 and 165, it says, Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. So, I want to make sure of what I love. Now, he's not just talking about the, the law of Moses, but any word of God. He's talking about the commandments, the scriptures, the, the holy word of God. And so uh, great peace, you're going to have great peace when you love this word. If you love this word, you love him because he's a word made flesh and he dwelt among us. And if you love him, you keep his commandments, which is his word. And so we realize that when we keep this word, we have great peace because it addresses every situation. It addresses every emotion. That you might have. It, it shows you how to get through crisis. How to get through chaos. That's, that's how people endured uh, you know, uh, prison camps and, and wars. And, and places where horrible things were going on. Because they never uh, quit trusting in God. They, they, they trusted him. I, I remember Brother Hart told a story. When uh, he was going off to war in World War II. And uh, his wife I believe was expecting child and had one child and he, he said when I walked off my porch to go to the the bus to get to the train to go to where I had to go he said the enemy told me he said you'll never see them again you'll die in that war and, and you'll never see uh, that wife or those children again and uh, he said and that thought just terrified him and petrified him and he got on that ship and he was in a hundred percent war zone for months and months, and he worked on. He was on a hospital ship, but he said, when he got on that ship, he was uh, praying one night. He said the Lord showed him a vision, and he said it was a hand holding on to another hand, and the Lord said, "I'm holding on to you. I've got you." 
And he said, and I never worried about making it back to see my family again. And, and then, of course, when he got back, there was two kids. And he, he did see them again, and, and he, the Lord did just what he said. But, but the biggest part of that was that he didn't have to worry every day, am I about to die, because the Lord had already let him know, I'm holding you, I've got you, I'm going to keep you. And that peace took place of that panic, and he was able to do just what he had to do while he was there. And uh, that's when we have, uh, when we love the Lord and love his word, we have great peace. And nothing offends us because we love his law. That's the whole story of the blessed man in Psalm chapter 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. He doesn't stand in the way of sinners or sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law does he meditate day and night. That means his mind is stayed on God. This walk on this gravel road, uh, this walk with God, will not work without his word. Because you can't have faith without the word, and we walk by faith. You know, a lot of times we think that we're just, I think we mess it up in our brains about walking by faith. Because we think that's only when we come up against a situation. But we live every day. You may not have a trial or test today. It's just a day. But you're walking by faith. In every one of these words, every one of these scriptures that, that God's a provider, that God's uh, going to make a way, God's going to take care of me, that his mercy was new this morning, that uh, he's loaded me with benefits, that you know, every day we walk by faith in the word of God. And that's, that's the life we live, is living by the word, walking by the word, believing by the word, we're blessed by the word. And that's what he said, his delights in the law of the Lord, he meditates day and night. It doesn't matter, you know, we use day and night Oh, the, man, the sun's shining, it's bright, everything's going my way. And then we use nighttime as, woo. <laughs> but, you know, it's in the night and in the dark that God spoke. He spoke in the darkness, let there be light. Lazarus was in a dark tomb with the stone rolled over him, but it was the voice that reached into the darkness, and it woke him up, pulled him out of death, and woke him up, fixed his body, and it was in the darkness where God was working. He called us out of darkness. So that means we were in darkness, but we heard a voice. We heard a word. We heard it because that's how you call. He called to you out of that darkness that you're in. And so you meditate day or night. That means if things are going good, you still stay in the word. When things are going bad, you definitely stay in the word. You're always in the word day or night. Weeping may endure for a night. See, how do we know anything better is going to happen? Because the Word tells me joy is going to come in the morning. So I've got to trust the Word even in the nighttime. And that makes you like a tree planted by rivers of water. You bring forth fruit in your season. A leaf will not wither, and whatsoever it does, it will prosper. It means in every season, you're going to be all right because you're planted. You're planted in His Word, and you're rooted and grounded in that Word. And great peace have they. Oh, I hope you got great peace today. I hope you have great peace. The blessed man, the blessed woman delights in God's law, and they have great peace. Proverbs 35 said, Every word of God is pure, and he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Every word of God is pure. It's, it's not corrupted. It doesn't have any contaminants in it. It's, hey, listen, it, 
it's pure. It's refined. There's nothing wrong with it. You can't add to it or take away from it. It's perfect just like it is. It is pure. And then he, God, who is the word, he is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. The Bible says for me to take the shield of faith, which faith come by here and here by the word. Take that shield of faith. Take that word. Uh, all them little fiery darts that try to make you panic. You just quench it with the word. You, you quench it with the word. You know, if you were in that situation on a plane that was going down, you could still have peace. No, does that mean that you're not wondering about what's going on or wondering what's about to happen? Does it mean that you don't have thoughts or other things going on? No, absolutely. You would be thinking, I hope my family that's not here will be okay or things like that. But you know, if I shut my eyes in this life in the next few moments, I'm going to be with the Lord. And that's where we're going. That's the end, end of it. That's We want to be with him. Uh, we want to hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. We would love to you know, we would love to schedule that. Hey, God, can we put that off for 30 years? <laughs> can we just put that off? Yeah, you know, we would love to do that. But God knows when our time is appointed. And so uh, when we keep the word, though, let me get back to my lesson before I get off of it. When we get to that word and we keep that word and we stay in that word, uh, it keeps us in that perfect peace. It's, it gives us peace. We have that peace, great peace, heavy. I have it. So I'm not going. Well, we're saying the Lord gave, or gave it, and the world can't take it away. Don't don't let anything take away what God gave you. Hold fast to what you have. Hold that peace. Now the disciples, we talked about them not facing times where they didn't have that peace. They were, uh, you know, they were not prepared for the Lord to be crucified and leave them. It didn't matter how many times He told them about it. They still were not prepared for, they were not prepared for him to be arrested and, and taken. They were not prepared for him to be tried and, and mocked and, and punched and kicked and beat. They were not prepared to see that crown of thorns wrenched down on his head. They, were, they weren't prepared for that unmerciful beating that he was given. They were not prepared to see this man that they had loved and walked with and believed in go to that cross, be nailed to it, and die. They were not prepared for his crucifixion. It didn't matter how many times that they heard about it. And not hearing what he said about that, because he talked to them about it many times before he went, it left them unprepared, it left them in panic, and it left them in despair. They had no peace when he was crucified. They had no peace. They were upset over these things and, 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 and worried about these things and uh, there's a story in uh, the book of Luke after the crucifixion about two disciples that Jesus comes upon. They're walking uh, on the road uh, to Emmaus. And it says that uh, this, this kind of illustrates the point here. It says there were two of them that went the same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs, about seven miles. They talked together of all these things which had happened came to pass while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And here's the reason why they couldn't see him. He said unto them, What manner of communications are these that you have one to another as you walk and you are sad? 
they were so upset and in their feelings that they could not even recognize that the Lord had just pulled up beside them. They heard his voice. They'd heard him teach many times. They'd heard him, didn't recognize his voice, didn't recognize him. They were so in their feelings. You know, sometimes we just got to get out of our feelings, forget about the negative, and then walk by faith. Because our walk with God means nothing if we are lacking in peace. It's what, that, that's a miserable walk when you have no peace. And so uh, they're so upset, and, and of course they went on to say, they're like, man, where have you been? Are you just a stranger around here that you don't understand what went on? And, and it said we had, they began to tell them about Jesus. They're telling them about him. You know, hey, don't you know he was crucified? Well, I kind of know that. But, but instead, they're, they're so busy talking about how terrible things are because they had lost hope. They said they trusted that he was going to be the one. But now he's dead. We, we saw it. They, they nailed him to the cross. They crucified him. He's dead. He's, he's buried, and, and he's gone. So we don't know what to do anymore. Our hope is gone. But the Lord, you know, he had a question in there. He said, why, why are you so sad while you're walking like this? How is it that, you, that I just walked right up to you and you don't know who I am? But I think he was, he was wanting the, them to get what was in that question. Have something happened that Jesus didn't try and prepare you for? Because he had. Did, did they not believe or did they just forget his words that he would rise? That's why you need to meditate in his word day and night so you don't forget what he, would, what he said. Because here, here's what Jesus said in Matthew 20, 18 and 19. He said, Behold, we go to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests, to the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death. And they will deliver him to the Gentiles to mock him and to scourge him and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. He had already told them. Now maybe uh, it was, uh, they blocked it out because, you know, just like Peter, he, you know, remember we talked about that last week, how he, he, he took the Lord and said, be it far from you. And maybe it's because that, oh, no, we don't want to hear about this because we don't want to ever lose you. We don't want anything to happen to you. You're, you're our hope. You're our help. You're, we trust that you're going to restore everything back to Israel, and, and you're the Messiah. You're, you know, they, they, all these things that they thought about, and they didn't want nothing bad to happen. So you know, we do that. We block out the bad stuff. I don't want to hear the bad stuff. But if they had been listening to all of it, they would have heard the part where he said, and yet he will rise again. They're going to kill him, but he will rise on the third day. He's, he's going to get up. So, yeah, it's going to be a rough time, but you can endure the rough time because guess what? You're going to see him again. But they couldn't remember that. They, it, all they knew, he's dead. He's dead. But you got to hear everything. So that's what happens is we block out when Jesus starts talking about hard stuff. And when we start blocking it out, we missed a little reward at the end there's a lot of people missing out on rewards because they have stopped listening once it got hard well there's something in that now <laughs> oh uh, whom the lord love he corrects and sometimes he'll have to bring some things and some things are going on in our life and we think oh okay this is the end of me why is the word is at the end 
No, it's not. That is what the Lord said. Uh, the Lord didn't say it would be the end of you. He said, in this world, you'll have tribulation, but be of good cheer. There's something coming after the tribulation. There's something coming after the trial. There's something coming after the test. There's something coming after the weeping, after the mourning. Come on, it, it's coming. He turned my mourning into dancing. Yeah, I was weeping, I was crying, but now I'm dancing. Something good is coming. A lot of people not dancing because they can't endure the morning. We've got to realize that there's some things going to happen in our life, and we're going to have to trust God through it. We've got to hear everything that God say. We've got to keep our mind stayed on him so that we can make it out of this mess. That's the way it works. Hopelessness, and they were hopeless, will cause us not to recognize the miracle that's walking with us. When we, when we get, lose our hope, the Bible says we have hope as an anchor that's to the soul. We've, we've pulled anchor. You know what happens when a ship pulls anchor? It just starts floating off. But when it's anchored, it'll stay right there. And that's what happens is, is when we get hopeless, we don't even recognize the miracle that's walking with us. Mile after mile, they walked with the Savior, and they were blinded in grief and hopelessness and never realized uh, what was going on, what had actually happened uh, in their very midst. But then... This is what, in Luke 24, again, uh, this is some more of the story. How they begin to, the light begin to come on. It says, they drew nigh to the village where they went, and Jesus made like he would go farther. But they constrained him, saying, abide with us, for it's almost evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, when he sat down to meet with them, he took bread, blessed it, break it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened. And they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. When they heard that word, listen, don't let hopelessness rob you of the peace that Jesus is offering. And that's what Jesus had for these men. He had peace. And in those darkest moments, crippled by fear and anxiety, stress, you've got to embrace a truth that the Holy Ghost is always with you. The Comforter, Jesus said, will come. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. And, and so they... They, they were sitting there, and they were eating when they're still sad and carrying on. But as he began to speak, and as he began to pray, and as he offered that blessing up, all of a sudden they remembered, and their eyes were open, and they recognized who was with them. Jesus said in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Well, he was talking all this in the midst of talking about the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. And when that Spirit comes in, one of those, uh, you know, the, when the Spirit comes, the fruit of the Spirit comes. And so peace comes with that. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world gives, give I unto you. Uh, their kind of peace is the absence of all kind of trouble. But my peace is peace that is there during trouble. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. That's what Jesus had for those two. That's what he had for the 11. When uh, these two realized what had happened, they jumped up, they ran, they found the 11, and they're already talking about the ones who had seen him at the tomb and in the garden. And uh, while they're talking, it says the Lord appeared in the room, and he said, Peace be unto you. You ought to have peace now that you see me. You ought to, he, he, I'm going to give you a visual. And, and that's the way sometimes we want to, if I, well, if he had just 
told them right then when he first started walking, hey, look, hey, it's me. Don't you recognize me? It would be good if he, well, sometimes God wants you to just believe. And it's like he told uh, uh, Thomas, he said, hey, you know, because you've seen me, you believe. But blessed are those that believe and they have not seen me. And so when he appeared to them, he said, peace be unto you. And, and they, they realized, you know, I'm sure, oh, wow, there he is. But these two guys, hey, we just ate supper with this guy. And uh, here he is, and we can have peace because he just showed up, and, and he's, he is alive. And now we remember. He begins to open their minds to the Scriptures and remind them, remember what I said? Uh, hey, destroy this temple in three days I raise it up. Remember when I said they're going to beat me and crucify me and I'm going to be killed, and, but in three days I would rise? Well, here I am. It, it always works. His work, his promises always work. In Luke 24 and 32, these, these guys have a moment where they're talking. And they said, hey, look, did not our heart burn within us while he talked and opened the Scripture? Wasn't it so familiar, that voice? That's it. When he prayed and when he blessed and when he was talking, all of a sudden they recognized the voice of the healer, the, the one who brings resurrection and life, the one who said, peace be still. Now they remember. And that's what we have to do. We have to remember his word. Keep your mind on him. It's not a simplistic, uh, you know, head in the clouds kind of theology. Keep your mind on this word. It means what it said. Great peace have they. It's something we have when we love his word. And if we meditate in it day and night, if our mind is stayed on him, he's going to keep you in perfect peace. And so what we have to do is we've got to keep our mind on him, love his word. Meditate day and night. Keep in remembrance the things that God has said and that he has promised. He's always with us. The righteous are never forsaken. That's what the scripture says. Even, he said, I'm with you to the end of the world, even our own little world. Not just the end of this great big world at that time, but he's, he's with you to the end of your little world. And the thing we, we have to realize is that that peace is powerful, and it will keep us going. Honey, you can come to the, to the music. So here's some things that we can know about peace. So as you're facing things and you're going, going on this walk, that peace comes only in moments when we realize what we're facing is out of our control. That's when it's realized. It's always there, but that's when, you know, like I say, Right now, I don't even think about what, telling somebody, oh, well, I've got great peace today because everything's going my way. But you ever talk to somebody that was going through a trial and say, hey, how are you doing, buddy? You know, I got peace over it. So, now, some people be like, what? But it's like, yeah, God's in control. That's people that say things like, God's faithful. Every time I would go talk with Brother Paul Vaughn those last months, talk with him. How you doing, brother? God is faithful. I knew he was sick. I knew he wasn't feeling good. But he trusted the Lord. God was going to take care of it. Peace comes when we realize that God is the ultimate commander of our life. Peace comes when we understand that God is the author and the finisher of our faith. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 tells us that we should 
We're compassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and sin which does so easily beset us. Run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. Listen, he's the one writing this story. And here's, here's the fact. I love this. The, the author wrote in this book. He said, I cannot die until the last chapter of my God-ordained story has been completed. The enemy can't kill you early. Now, many times we'll say, oh, they're gone too soon. Well, too soon for us. But right on God's schedule. Never off God's schedule. Philippians 1 23 tells us that he which has begun a, a, oh, I must give you the wrong scripture. I probably did. In Philippians 1, I, I think I gave you the wrong verse, sweetie. But, you know, he said, I'm confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God's going to finish what he started. And then peace comes when we have an intimate relationship with the Holy Ghost, which Jesus called the Comforter or the Paracletos which is someone who walks with you. I'm thankful for him today. Stand with me this morning. I cannot die till the last chapter of my God-ordained story has been completed. There's some peace and comfort in that today. And if you find yourself taking your last breath, you know that God has finished a work in you. We worry, will I ever, will I get it all finished? But God never worries. He'll finish it. At the end of each of these chapters, we always talk about the steps on the journey. Here's some other things to remember. Scripture, Philippians 4 and 7. The peace of God that passeth all understanding shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. Peace will keep you. It'll guard your heart. It'll guard your mind from panic. And then Colossians 3.15 he said, let the peace of God rule in your heart, to which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. So hold on to that peace. Believe in that peace today. And that'll, don't let panic take the place of your peace. But you won't find peace outside of that word. So I find peace when I go to the lake find peace when I'm at the beach well, that's peace like the world gives because it's based on where you are I have peace when I'm in the mountains okay but it's based on where you are but the peace of God is with you wherever you are praise God thankful for him let's pray together Lord we're so thankful for your peace today and Lord I pray that we'll just learn to trust you more and more to let our minds and our hearts be stayed on Thee. God, And when the hard times come, when the trials and the tests come, that we won't waver, that we won't quit, that we won't give in. But God, that we'll just trust You through it all, knowing that we will make it to the other side. Lord, that every storm in our life that comes up against Your Word has to be still. We thank You for this wonderful peace today in Jesus' name. We receive it today in Jesus' name. While she's singing this, won't you just lift your hands to the Lord and say, God, I, I receive that peace.
Aren't you thankful for his peace this morning? Give him a hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you for that peace. Glory to God. Glory to God. All right, let's find a place to pray before the next service. God bless you.